Church Church. Merry Christmas. Babe, you look stunning. Oh my gosh. I can't take credit. There's some good people here who said, Jill, Sean, let us help you out. So that's what th- that's what you're seeing right yeah. now. They, get a, they give us a lot of help. Jill, they put me in a turtleneck. <laughs> I love the turtleneck. I'm a little Thanks. insecure about the turtleneck, looks, guys. No, 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 it looks good. So you preach more confidently because of that right. turtleneck. Right. And Jesus, of all course. Right. Jesus. All right, all right, all right. Merry Christmas, Red Rocks Church. We love you. It is such a joy and an honor to get to celebrate with you Christmas. Wow. And I know it's been a long, difficult year, but today, today we're, we're here together and we're going to remind ourselves that we are not forgotten because Jesus came 2,000 years ago. He came as Emmanuel, God with us. He hasn't left. He's here. He is God with us and he's here. He's in this room. He's in your room. He's wherever you are. He is with you. He sees you. And it is my joy to just pray uh, as we begin our Christmas service to celebrate him and to to look back and and to celebrate the the highs and the lows of this last year. We're just going to celebrate because God is good and he has a plan and we can trust him. So let's pray. Father God, we thank you. We thank you for your presence, Lord. God, this last year, so many of us have have wondered, God, are you paying attention? But God, yes, you absolutely are. We are not invisible to you. You are here with us. You are Emmanuel. You are Savior. You are our Lord. And God, we come together to just say, Jesus, thank you for coming. Thank you for living and dwelling among us. Thank you for seeing us. Thank you for paying attention to us. I thank you, Father, because Jesus is our yes. He is the answer to every promise you have ever made to us for all your promises are yes and amen in Jesus and we can trust that. And so Lord, we invite you into this place, into, into, we invite you to be near to us right now in this moment. And we ask Lord that you would speak as only you can. I pray that each one of us would know that we would see, that we would catch a glimpse of you today and that we would begin and be able to celebrate you, who you are today, who you are tomorrow, who you were in the past. God, we love you and we thank you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen. You may be seated if you are in a building. And can you believe some of you are in a building? That's pretty awesome. Let me say hi to everybody. What's up, Littleton, Lakewood? Where else we got? Arvada, Park Meadows in your brand new building, you big show-offs. Brussels, Belgium, we love you so much. Austin, Texas, we love you. And all three of our God Behind Bars campuses, men and women. We love you so much. We believe in you. We're glad you're here with us. 
And you are every bit as much a part of this family as those of us in this room right now. We love you guys, so Merry Christmas. And, and let me say hi to all of you who might be joining us for the very first time, whether in one of the buildings or online. Look, I, I don't know what your past church experiences are. Maybe they were amazing. Maybe they were the kind of thing where you're like, yeah, I won't ever do that again. I, I know what some of those are like. I've been there. I just want you to know, no matter what has happened in your life, and no matter what you've been through, no matter what you're in the middle of, no matter what you believe, no matter what your doubts are, no matter what your struggles are, no matter what that stuff is that you go, if they only knew they wouldn't want me, I'm telling you, no matter what it is, I want you to know you just stepped into a place either in person or through technology that we love you already, we believe in you, you're welcomed, you're gonna be valued in this place, we've already prayed for you. So welcome to Red Rocks Church, welcome home, and Merry Christmas. Guys, I, I was thinking about the fact that it's already Christmas and like 2020s, it's weird because in, there's, there's part of me that's like, we've been in 2020 for like six years, right? But then there's also part of 2020 that you go, or I blinked and the whole thing's gone. Like, I don't know. It's like it took forever and it went real fast and now we're at Christmas and, and I can't figure out which one it is, but, but we're here and I'm so excited that we get to, to do Christmas with a bunch of you in person and the rest of you through technology. If you have a Bible, flip open to Luke chapter two, we are going to read what many people read right before they open presents, and many people would go, oh yeah, the Christmas story. In fact, I was thinking this week, this story about Mary and Joseph, we oftentimes only read it at Christmas, and in fact, if, if, if this was like July, and I was like, yeah, turn to Luke 2, let's talk about Mary and Joseph in the manger, you'd be like, bro, it's July, right? Like, that's, that's Christmas. And, and what, what's occurred to me this week is, the reason we only look at this passage at Christmas, I think one of the reasons is because the truth is, other than it working for a nice Christmas story, we don't feel like we have a whole lot in common with the characters in this story, right? He's a carpenter. I can't change the little plunger thing in the toilet without breaking something. Wish that was a lie. She got pregnant by the Holy Spirit. <laughs> They're gonna raise Jesus. They had a baby in a cave with animals, put him in a feeding trough. Like, I don't feel like we got a whole lot in common. And the truth is, so, so I look at their story when it's Christmas because that's what we do, but the rest of the year, I don't really give it much attention because I just don't think we got much in common, so I can't really learn from your struggles. And, and what, I've, what I've come to realize just in the last couple weeks as I've been getting ready for today is that we have more in common with the original cast of Christmas than we ever have before, not in spite of, but because we just lived through 2020. And I'm gonna, I'm gonna show you that here in a minute. And you're, I believe you're gonna see this story in a way you've never seen it before. Because see, if we don't realize that we have something in common with these guys, we won't think we have anything to learn from their story. But I'm telling you, you're gonna find out real quick that we have a whole lot, a whole bunch in common with these guys so we can learn from their struggles. And what God did for them, he'll do for us. And what God promised them, he promises us. And what they received from God, he can receive from us. We can receive from him too, see. The creative team's been on me for like months going, what are we gonna do for Christmas? What are we gonna do for Christmas? They're like the engine that makes this place go. And so months ago, I was like, hey, uh, <clears throat> talk about Jesus. Carson and company just kind of rolls their eyes. Ronnie, we need Carson and company swag. It just occurred to me. We need Carson and company swag for the creative team. Carson and company looked at me and they just rolled their eyes. They're like, really, bro? Like, what are you talking about at Christmas? And I was like, baby Jesus? <laughs> Eight pounds, six ounce baby Jesus? I don't know. Um, 
And, and so, but the, no, the truth is, when they asked me, I said, I don't know what we're gonna call Christmas. I don't know what the title's gonna be. You guys take care of all the stuff that, 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 all that stuff, but here's, I know what I wanna talk about. And it's, I wanna remind us as a church family, Christmas is about celebrating good news. Man, we've had so much bad news. 2020 has been bad news after bad news after bad news after bad news. And I wanna remind us as a church family that when Jesus showed up on the scene, he brought peace and hope and joy and salvation, and it's good news, and it trumps all the bad news. It's not in the Christmas story, but, but really the first verse that came to my mind, go ahead and put that verse up if you would. Jesus said, I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. Not that you just use this word to decorate with at Christmas, but that you would actually have it. And then this is what he says. In this world, there will be bad news. In this world, you will have trouble. In the first century, you will have trouble. In 2020, there will be bad news. But that's okay. Take heart. I've overcome the world. I bring good news, and my good news trumps the bad news every single day of the week, even in 2020. So let's get into the Christmas story, and let's see if we have something in common with these guys after all. Deal? In those days, Caesar Augustus, we can stop right there. I, I, in those days, I just got to laughing this week as I was reading it because I thought that we're gonna tell our grandkids, everyone, we're gonna tell our grandkids about 2020. History books are gonna talk about 2020 and we're all gonna say the same thing. Guys, you're not gonna believe it. You're not, I'm telling you the whole world shut down. We wore masks. Every, they locked us in our house. Back in those days, here's what, that's how we're going to refer to 2020. In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. This was the first census that took place while Quirinius was governor of Syria. And everyone went to their own town to register. Joseph's a carpenter. Joseph makes his money by going to the shop, wherever the shop is, and he builds things like tables and chairs, and he sells them, and people pay for them, and that's how he feeds himself. That's how he feeds his family. That's how he's planning to take care of his wife-to-be. That's how he pays his rent. Like, that's how he lives. Get this. The governor made an announcement, and after the governor's announcement, Joseph couldn't go to work anymore. I've never known what that was like until 2020. Because nine months ago, our governor made an announcement and the, sh and the church shut down. And I couldn't go to work. And a bunch of you, your work changed. Something happened in the world that was out of our control, that hit us out of nowhere. The governor made a public statement, and all of a sudden, my entire work looks different because now he's got to go out of town, and it's going to take a week to get there. Who knows how long it's going to take to be there. Like He's going to be out of work for weeks, minimum. So Joseph lives in a world where something out of his control happened, and whatever the governor says determines whether or not he gets to go to work which means he's dealing with the same things we're dealing with. Right, Levi? Am I gonna make it through this? Is my, is my, is my, is my business gonna make it through this lull? What about our staff? What about payroll? What about me and my family? What about our needs? Uh, what's gonna happen? The same things that every single one of us have felt in 2020, he felt with this announcement by his governor. We got more in common than we ever knew, don't we? 
So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and line of David. He lives in a world where the guy in charge of the nation had a press conference, and after the press conference, everything about his life changed, including his travel plans. I've never known what that was like until 2020, and now we all know what that's like. We all know what it's like to have something hit our lives out of the blue that if you'd asked me six weeks ago, I'd have never believed you. And now the guy that runs our country made an announcement and all my travel plans have changed. All my work life has changed. The kid's school has changed. Where we're gonna go, what we thought we were gonna do. Everything's different. I've never known what that was like. I've never been able to relate until 2020. And we can all relate. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. So he goes with his espoused wife, Mary, on a road trip. Have you ever taken a road trip, married people, and not even had a little argument? Because if you have, call Guinness. It just happens, doesn't it? There's something about we're about eh, 24 inches apart for hours that lends itself to, I disagree. I just, I, I do not... Have you, ever, have you ever had a fight with your wife or your husband and then had to go somewhere and you get in the car and, and now you're, you, there's underlying tension and now you're this close and it's just real awkward? I'll change the temperature. She'll change the temperature. I'll change the radio. She'll change, right? We know there's things happening. And then when life is tense, when there's a whole bunch of just stresses in life, like you know it's easier to get in fights with your spouse when, when a whole bunch of, when you're, when you're under a lot of pressure and things aren't working out right and there's a lot of stress and all that stuff adds to it. Um, and, 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 and then, so I was, I was talking to Ryan Weckenman, one of the leaders of our Austin, Texas location. And we were, we were talking about some of the pressures that Mary and Joseph would have been feeling during this time and how that would have affected them as they hit the road for this road trip, and how there's like no way they could survive this thing without some relational tension. And I was gonna just kind of tell you some of the things we talked about, but then I was like, no, our text was hilarious. You gotta just see the text. Put that text up. I'm the blue. You have any good info on what the trip would have been like for Mary and Jay? When you know them like I do. When Mary and Jay taking that trip on a donkey? Here's Ryan, who's just smarter than me. Nazareth to Bethlehem about a 90-mile trek. At best, it was on a donkey. There's no mention of them riding a donkey, although donkey was common mode of transportation, so scholars guess donkey at best, walking at worst. Probably took about seven days to complete. Lions, bears, and thieves on the path. They had to carry their own food and water, so small rations of bread and water all week. Yeah, I wanna fight with my wife just thinking about this trip. He said, I want to stay single the rest of my life thinking about that trip. <laughs> you know there was some relational tension. Can you imagine 90 miles of... Mm. Give, me the, give me the water. Give me the water. 90 miles? It's crazy. And, and you know if you have an argument and then get in the car, it's worse. 
Remember one of their last conversations before they went on this crazy trip? Maybe she got to ride a donkey, maybe they walked. She's just about to burst, everything's going wrong, about a week to get there. Remember one of their last conversations? It was her sitting him down going, hey babe. <clears throat> How was your day? <laughs> you in a good place? Uh, I got something I'd like to share with you. You know, you know how, um, well, I'm a virgin. <laughs> um, I'm pregnant. Now, babe, babe, don't throw anything else. Listen, no, it's okay, it's okay, because the Holy Spirit got me pregnant. Like, we really romanticize this stuff. Can you picture that conversation? And now they're gonna travel a week together? They know relational tension. Turns out, if you were in a relationship through 2020, so do you. We did a poll throughout the entire church. We did a poll throughout our entire staff, and we said, how you doing? How's your health? How's your finances? How's your heart? How's your mind? How's your emotions? During quarantine, all this kind of stuff. By far, the number one answer across the board, our church family and our church staff, when people said we're really struggling right now, the number one thing that was, everyone was struggling with was marriage. Marriage just got tough. Turns out, you drop a couple in the middle of a worldwide pandemic, and you change their job, and you change their income, and you take away some of their investments, and you change their plans, you change their kid's school, and you change their kid's sports, and you change how they go to work, and you change where you can go, and then you lock them in the same house for several weeks at a time, it puts a little stress on a relationship. So let me free some of you up. It's not just you. It's all of us. We know relational tension, not in spite of, but because we live through 2020. We got a lot in common with this couple. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born. And she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger. We've really romanticized that. It's a little feeding trough where there'd be a bunch of animal saliva and chewed up food and whatever else. It would smell atrocious. Because there's no guest room available for them. Two things jumped out at me as I was reading that. Number one, they went to the, what we would do, the hospital, but they went and had a baby and no family could be with them because they were in the middle of some crazy situation that came out of nowhere that they couldn't control. Well, if you've had a baby this year, you know exactly what that's like. If you've had a loved one in the hospital, you know exactly what that's like. My mom passed away in 2020 and we weren't able to be with her on the last few days because of COVID. They knew what that was like that this crazy situation hit their life and all of a sudden they were in a medical situation and couldn't be with family. We've never known what that was like, at least not, I haven't, until 2020, but now I do. And, and would, would, wouldn't the hashtag, wouldn't the line, wouldn't the, the tagline of 2020, wouldn't it be something like, this is crazy? Like 2020, this is crazy. If you could track the number of times in your life you've said, this is crazy, and then compare it to the number of times you've said it in 2020, it would go like this, wouldn't it? As I started putting this message together, I put that in my notes, and then I paid attention to every conversation I've had for the last week. Watch, go, go, go pay attention to every conversation you have now for the next few days, because here's what happens. Literally, I wrote this and went to the gym, and a guy comes up to me, and he saw my hat and wanted to talk. First thing he said was, man, you believe this is crazy. It's crazy, as I said. I'm like, I know. It's what we do. How's your kids? I know they're, they're at home. 
Ash, I just walked in on Ash, and he's laying on the floor with a laptop open and chips next to it. He's throwing a sock into a plastic bowl. I said, what are you doing? He said, gym class. <laughs> this is crazy. We were locked in our homes for several, the whole globe. This is crazy. Everyone in this room right now has a mask on. This is crazy. We listen for the governor to tell us when we can go back to work. This is crazy. Everything about our lives, if you would have asked us a year ago, do you ever believe this could happen to your life? Not one of us would say yes. Every single one of us would go, that couldn't happen to me in a million years. What do you think it's like being a couple on a road, a seven-day trip with a pregnant wife, no hotel, Holy Spirit got her pregnant, now we're going to have, have our baby in a cave and put him in a feeding trough. Ask Joseph a year ago if, you, if he thought he'd be in that position in life. His life's like a snow globe, man, just boom, everything's upside down. That's why I've never felt like I had anything in common with these guys, but I just went through 2020. So did you. So guess what, church? We've never had more in common with the original cast of Christmas than we do right now, which means what they needed, we need. What they got from God, we can get. What they were promised, we're promised. And let's keep reading the Christmas story because it's not just a birth announcement now. See, every time I've read this, I thought, okay, here comes the birth announcement. No, this is the God of the universe making us a promise of what his son is bringing to this world. Let's read. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, and this is, this is like the, the underlining message of the Christmas announcement, you don't have to be afraid anymore. I know things have been really hard for you, and I know things have been really crazy, and you've gotten a lot of bad news, but I'm about to give you some good news that supersedes every bit of bad news you've ever had your entire life. You don't have to be afraid anymore. I bring you good news, and it's going to cause, here it is, great joy. And for who? For everybody. This is not a birth announcement. This is a promise from our creator. I'm sending my son to you, and in the middle of your chaos, in the middle of your tragedy, in the middle of your pain, you can experience a supernatural joy that comes only from me. Today, in the town of David, a Savior has been born. He is the Messiah. That's the salvation promise right there. He, they don't fully understand it yet, but what that promise is is that Jesus was going to die on a cross to pay the price for our sins so that today, even in 2020, in the midst of absolute chaos, and we don't know anything about what's around the corner, we can begin to know one thing. His Spirit's going to live within me. He's going to forgive my sins. I can walk with a new confidence, and I'm going to heaven for all of eternity. We can begin to understand some things because salvation Salvation was his promise, the Messiah, the Lord, and this will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths, and I know it's crazy, but it's lying in a manger, and here come the angels. Suddenly, a great company of heavenly hosts appeared. What that must have looked like. A great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel praising God and saying glory to God in the highest heaven. And here's another promise my son is bringing to you peace, peace in the middle of chaos on earth, peace to those on whom his favor rests. And when the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let's go. What do you think? Let's go. Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. And so they hurried off. And I'm telling you, they hurried off. And that is a statement of hope. 
if you, if you know anything about the shepherds, they were the lowest of the low. They were the lowest on the food chain. Nobody wanted to be a shepherd. Nobody wanted to talk to a shepherd. A shepherd could never be trusted. A shepherd, if you were a shepherd, you weren't even allowed to testify in court. If a murder took place and you were the only eyewitness, you couldn't testify in court because nobody trusted you anyways. And you couldn't come to church because your job makes you ceremonially unclean. And then you have to live in fields for weeks at a time, so you can't get to the you can't get there anyways to do the cleansing rituals. So now here's the message that you've got your entire adult life as a shepherd. Nobody trusts you. Nobody wants you. Nobody believes in you. You're not welcome at my house. You're not welcome at our church. Stay out there. We don't want you. God doesn't want you. And all of a sudden, for the first time in the middle of a hopeless life, these guys go, wait a second. Did God just come to us? Did God just choose us? Did God just invite us? We get to go be a part? We get to experience the promises? You mean it's for everyone, even me? Oh, I got a hope that I didn't have 10 minutes ago. This is a hope-filled statement. And they went and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. Good news. Peace. Joy, hope, and salvation. And those of us who have just been through 2020, we've never needed these things more. And the reminder of Christmas is they're available. They're accessible to us. Now, I wanna spend the rest of my time real quick. I wanna get real practical for just a second, even on Christmas, because what I don't want you to do is come to a really fun church service and hear that I can have peace and joy and hope and go home and have no idea how to access them. It'd be like giving you a Christmas present that you take home and you put under the tree, but you can never open it, right? You don't want, nobody wants that. Nobody wants a gift that I can't open. Don't give me a gift if I can't open it. I want to make sure you know how to open it. The gift has been given to you. You have access to peace and joy and hope and salvation because Jesus brought those things to us on the very first Christmas. I want to make sure you know how to go get them. All right. So we could do a series and probably will and have in the past on each of these words. But let me just give you a let me give you a little starter kit for the holidays. All right. Peace and joy. Listen to this. It's the words of Jesus. He said, peace. I leave you. He's talking to his best friends. I want you to have it. It's my peace. I give it to you. I do not give to you as the world gives. He's telling his best friends, guys, I'm going to leave and you're going to get caught up in, I guess if my job improves, I'll have more peace. And I guess if my relationship improves, I'll have more peace. And I guess if we find a vaccine, I'll have more peace. And I guess if we can put more people in buildings, I'll have more peace. And I get, no, no, no. He goes, listen, I'm giving you, I'm offering you a peace that the world cannot give you. Not one aspect of the world can give you the kind of peace I have for you. Now there's good news there. The good news is if the world can't take, can't give it, then the world can't take it. I can have access to a peace that gets me through anything, even 2020. Same thing for joy. Psalm 1611, you make known to me the path of life. You will fill me with joy in your presence. Both of those say they're accessible, and both of those say here's where you get them. Jesus says, come to me. God says, spend time with me in my presence. That's where they come from. And I don't want, here's, here's what happens a lot of times. We, we look at Christmas and we see peace, hope, and joy all over in the decorations. They're above the mantle. They're on the ornaments. They're out in the lawn. And we get this false sense of security like it's Christmas time. I can get peace and I can get joy and I can get, listen, the party, that's what Christmas is. Christmas is just a big old birthday party. 
The party doesn't give you peace. You gotta step away from the party and step into his presence. That's where you find his peace. And here's what's amazing about doing that. If you would decide to do that this year, look, every, if you've ever thrown a huge party, what you know is it doesn't give you peace. It might be fun for a while. It's like every party you've ever been to starting in junior high. Some people love it, some people hate it. That's what Christmas is. Some people love it and some people hate it. Some people are like just, get, just geeked out on it and the family's doing so well and the presents are flowing and I feel good and life is good. I love Christmas. And some people, it's just a really painful reminder of what we don't have anymore and who's not with us anymore and the financial struggles that are real. And like some people love the party, some people hate the party. But I can promise you this, you'll never get lasting peace, joy, and hope from the party. Let's keep doing that. I love the party. But if you would step away, if you'd find us a space and step away from the party and go spend some time in his presence. And man, just throw on a worship song. Just listen to it, sing along with it, praise God. Tell him thank you for 10 different things that you have to be thankful for. Talk to him about your life. Get, oh, get out the Bible and just read the Christmas story if you have nothing, but just read something in the Bible. Put your great, amazing Christian books about God away and just actually get out the book that is God's voice and say, God, would you just speak to me for a few minutes? I'm just gonna spend some time in your presence because we're promised that in his presence is where we find the peace and the joy that our soul craves. Then you can take that peace and the joy and you go back to the party and now you get to, you get to offer your family a you at peace a you with some joy. And it not only is good for your soul, it's better for your family, and now the party's more fun. Let's back out of the party, into his presence. That's where we find the peace and the joy. Worship team, you can get ready to come on back up. I wanna talk about hope for a second. If 2020 has stole anything from us, it's hope, isn't it? That's why we don't feel the peace. That's why we don't feel the joy. Because at the core, we're starting to feel the sense of hopelessness. And I think what 2020 has done is it, it, it's, it's shown every single one of us, I might have had my hope in the wrong place. I might, my hope had an had a unstable foundation. Because guys, I remember in a day, in a day, I went, I don't know if I'll have a job anymore. I don't know if I'll get a paycheck next month. I don't know if we'll pay our bills. This I don't know if, like, everything I thought, my, uh, my investments, like, everything that I kind of had my hope in, we all know the deal because we all went through 2020 together. It, all of it got rocked. What it's taught me is Sean, some of your hope was in the wrong spot. If your hope is on a foundation other than your Father in heaven, it is susceptible to this world's circumstances. But if your hope is grounded on my God in heaven sent Jesus to this world, he died for me, my faith is in him, he's coming back for me and I'm going to heaven, that's a foundation that can't be rocked. My wife often wakes me up with, encouraging text messages and scripture verses. And she sent me this verse this week, 2 Thessalonians 1.7 says this, this will happen when the Lord Jesus is revealed from heaven 
in blazing fire with his powerful angels. She said, Sean, never forget where our hope is. Our hope is not in this world or any circumstances in it. Our hope is in God. Our hope is in Jesus is coming back and we're gonna be with him and that's our eternity and that's where we're headed and it doesn't matter what happened in 2020 because that good news supersedes every bit of bad news we've ever got our entire lives. That's where our hope lies, church. I wanna give you a picture. I wanna give you a mental picture to start putting your hope onto something because I don't know about you, but for me, like, if I know that like me and Jill are gonna go away for a few days, like if I know if it's four months off, I start to get a mental picture of it, though. And it, it does something. It, it gives me energy. It affects my emotions. It, it actually kind of lifts me up. It changes my day. Because I start to look forward to the picture. Now, I Clark W. Griswold everything. So it never works out like the picture I have in my mind. But the, the, the picture of what's going to happen makes me hopeful. I want to give you a picture. This is a picture of your hope. I know it's... it's we're going to break some rules. We're going to read the book of Revelation on Christmas. This, this, is, this is where your hope lies. I want you to get this picture. I saw heaven standing open, and there before me was a white horse whose rider is called Faithful and True. This is Jesus. With justice, he judges and wages war. His eyes are like blazing fire, and on his head are many crowns. He has a name written on him that no one knows but himself. He's dressed in a robe dipped in blood, and his name is the Word of God. The armies of heaven were following him. Please try to picture this. The armies of heaven are following him in that cloud of fire that we just read about. They're riding on white horses and dressed in fine linen, white and clean. Coming out of his mouth is a sharp sword with which to strike down the nations. He will rule them with an iron scepter. He treads the winepress of the fury of the wrath of God Almighty. On his robe and on his thigh, he has this name written, King of Kings and Lord of Lords. And in my wife's text, my wife told me, she said, babe, he came as a baby, but he's not coming back as a baby. I want you to change your picture of hope. He's coming back with a thigh tattoo that says King of Kings and Lord of Lords on a white horse in a cloud of fire with the angel armies behind him. And that sword coming out of his mouth represents authority, which two chapters later when he says, I came here to make all things new, means he has the authority to do so. And that's exactly what he's going to do. And notice his robe had a little blood on the bottom of it because when he shows up, he's not hoping to go win a battle. He's already been to battle. He's already won the battle. He's defeated death, hell, and the grave and the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords will gather us up and we'll go spend forever with him in heaven. That's where your hope is, church. When your hope is on that foundation, 2020 can't touch you. Peace, joy, hope, every bit of it is accessible for us today, church. And can you put that verse in John back up, please? Here's where it all starts. I have told you these things so that, say it with me, in me. Say it with me, in me. You may have peace. 
In this world, you will have trouble, but take heart, I've overcome the world. The peace, the joy, the hope that your soul craves, it happens in Him. It starts at the day you submit your life to God and say, I wanna forgive, I want you to forgive me of my sins and be the Lord of my life. I submit my life to you, I wanna follow you. I want your spirit to live inside of me and I wanna go to heaven forever. That at the moment of salvation is where that peace and that joy and that hope begins to become a reality. Red Rocks Church, Christmas brought some good news and it supersedes all the bad news. 2020 can't touch this. God, I thank you so much that you are with us right now at every single location. I thank you that you are with us in every single house, on every single hike, on every treadmill, in every car, in every office. I thank you that your presence is speaking to us right now. I thank you that as I speak, you are speaking to our hearts and our minds. You are encouraging us and equipping us and building us up and giving us confidence and courage. I pray that weights start to come off of people's shoulders, that we start to feel your peace, start to feel your joy, that we walk out of here with a new stride, with a new swagger. And God, I pray right now for those who need to experience your salvation. I pray you give us the courage to respond to what you're doing right now. With everyone's eyes closed, at every single location, I wanna ask two questions. The first one is this. You already have a relationship with God, but when it comes to peace, when it comes to joy, and when it comes to hope, even as I said those words today, something went off inside of you like, man, I need that. I've been missing that. I need one of those, maybe all three. If that's you right now, would you be honest enough just to raise your hand wherever you're at? And I'm just gonna say a prayer for you that literally you would begin to feel the presence of God change these things in your life. Amen. Amen. The second question is this. You don't have a relationship with God, but what you know is, is now's my time. That Christmas 2020 is gonna be one of the best days of your entire life. You'll never forget it because you know right now this is your moment. God's doing something inside of you. You can feel it. You can sense him drawing you into a relationship with him and you just know it. I gotta respond. This is my time. I want God to forgive me of my sins and be the Lord of my life. I want his spirit to live inside of me and I wanna go to heaven forever and I wanna make that decision for my life right now. If that's you, raise your hand right now. At every single location, raise your hand. Praise God. Praise God. In Brussels, lift them up. In God behind bars, lift them up. If you're at your house and you're watching and you're, you're on a platform where it's available, click that raise your hand button on the screen below you. We're gonna send you some resources. We're gonna be praying for you. God, I thank you for the life change that is happening right now, literally around the world. I thank you for your son. I thank you that he came to this world and he grew up to be a man who died for our sins. And I thank you, God, that he's coming back and we have a strong foundation of hope. I thank you for peace. I thank you for joy. I pray that supernaturally as we begin to lift your name through music, that we would start to feel your peace, feel your joy, sense your hope. And I thank you, God, for those around the world right now making life-changing decisions to put their faith in you. I thank you for what you're gonna do. I thank you for the plans you have for them. And now, God, as a church family, it is our absolute honor to get up on our feet and to worship you in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Let's worship.